0: Welcome to Fear It Goes, the podcast all about taking your fears with you and doing it anyway. I'm your host, Brandi Taylor. Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome back to Fear It Goes. I know we missed last week. I missed you so much, but I was a little bit crazy on this whole COVID thing. And honestly, It's been my research, heaven and hell. (laughs) I have been buried in copious amounts of information, um, really trying to get my head wrapped around what's going on and reading through the lines and the bullshit because there's a lot of misinformation out there and then there's some really, really good information out there. So today I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about that, but really I want to make sure that you are not only preparing yourself from the um, isolation, right? So we've moved into our houses and we're working from here and we're spending a lot of time with our families and we're not going out socially and we're socially distancing even when we are out, right? So we've done all these things and you're washing your hands and you're spending at least 20 20 seconds. I was about to say 20 minutes. (laughs) 20 minutes washing your hands. That's quite funny. Um, But you're spending at least 20 seconds washing your hands with soap. Soap will clean off the virus way better. There is an excellent video. Actually, there's numerous really, really good videos on this. But Alton Brown does a beautiful um, video on YouTube. He is well known for his cooking shows. But he does a really, really good video on washing your hands with soap and why soap is actually much better a protector than your hand sanitizer. And understand, please, please, if you're using sanitizers, it's because you don't have access to soap. And if that is the case, they still recommend that as soon as you use that sanitizer, you're using it just like you would soap, you're rubbing for 20 seconds, and then you go wash your hands as soon as you can get to a place that's got the ability or or the availability for you to wash with soap, so ultimately, soap breaks down the exterior, and your hand sanitizer has to be at least a seventy percent alcohol base. Okay, so a quick little tidbit done and done. Now, there are some misconceptions around COVID, which I'm going to really quickly cover, and then I really want to get into what I think is—I mean, obviously, that's very important—but what I think is really, really important for us moving forward as we sit in our houses for the next 30 to 60 days or longer or however this tends to roll out. So one quick myth, this is not a flu. Do not assume it's a flu. The fatality rate of this is much higher and the r factor on this is higher than a flu. So this is not a flu. Please don't think that you should just go out and get it and you'll be fine. Myth number one. Myth number two, this is also not an age-related illness. It doesn't matter what color, what race, what age, people are dying of all different ages. Children in certain age ranges do seem to be a lot more um, or a lot less susceptible to really experiencing the infection the way that most adults will experience it. But um, some Some, sadly, have still perished in this. This is not age-related. Do not assume that because you are 22 years old, you are not susceptible to getting this. And even if blessings happen and you don't get sick, okay, you still could be a carrier, you could be asymptomatic, and you could be passing this on to other people. This is why this is a very, very dangerous virus, and it's new to us. Unlike the flu, where many, many of the strains are just repeated over over, and over again through seasons, this is not the same virus. It's a new one. We have not experienced this. Therefore, the antibodies going around the general public are not in place. This is why it's so incredibly important to stay in and keep yourself distanced from people so that they don't get it and you don't get it. Okay. So quick, quick, there's that. And then social distancing. Um, This is again, not a joke. Keep your distance. Uh, If someone coughs, stay away from them (laughs) and protect yourself. Wash, 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 wash. Okay. Um, Oh, and quick thing about surfaces. So I was watching some really interesting stuff coming out of some of the Research facilities, and one thing that was stated was in perfect lab conditions, anything that's porous surface like cloth or um, something more like cloth, uh, the virus will last or can last up to a day with no host. And anything that's a um, solid surface like metal, plastic, and glass, it can live up to three days. That's perfect lab lab environment. Now, it will probably live less. This is what they're saying. It will probably live less out in the real world. However, just use that as your base point. This is why it's really important to wash your hands. If you go to the grocery store, wash whatever bags you've purchased, wash whatever boxes you've purchased. I know it sounds so crazy. Put things in different bags. Get rid of the bags that you, that you had or the packaging that you had from the grocery store. Yes, these are crazy precautions, but Wouldn't you rather take the precaution and not get sick than get sick? So I would rather take the precaution. Now, that said, this is the goods of today's episode. I wanted to really talk about, there's a lot of fear, right? I just gave you a lot of details on facts, facts that are out there. But our brains are running in absolute overdrive right now. Because this is genuinely one of those moments when we are in real danger. So the amygdala, your fear center, is in overdrive. And you can't, don't fight this. Don't fight this. Just acknowledge it for what it is. So there's a few things I really want to make sure that we cover in this episode. While we're in self-isolation, right? We're all locked up in our houses. And we have added stresses of being family under the microscope in the house, right? I'm here in my house and I'm hanging out with my kids all the time. And they know how to push every one of my buttons. And same thing with my spouse or my partner. Or I'm by myself. And there's no one here and I feel really alone all of these play a toll on us mentally. And unless we know how to work with this, we struggle. And then you're in survival. I don't want you in survival. You're not meant to be in survival. You're meant to thrive. And thriving has everything to do with the way that we perceive life, the way that we the way that our bodies respond to that, and the training and practices that we have put in place. So I'm going to give you a tool right now for any of you who are really suffering with fear and anxiety, that energy is palpable in society today. How could it not be? Okay, so we're going to do something called box breathing. It's quite simple, but it will change your nervous system within moments, within moments you will come out of the sympathetic into the parasympathetic and you will be functioning much better. What that means is you move out of the fearful mind, the primitive mind, and you move back into your frontal cortex where you are creative and where you can see solutions and where you can provide solutions. You're thinking, whereas when you're in fear, you're limited and you spiral. So any of you who are experiencing this, and I literally had an incredible, incredible conversation with a client the other morning about this. She was so stuck in a story loop, but she's in the fear. She's really in the fear. And then we pulled her out. And by the end, she was... (laughs) actually it was the best thing ever. She was so afraid. And at one point I woke up, okay, I'm going to stop you right there. You're in a loop and we're going to pull you out of that. And by the end of the conversation, I asked her, how do you feel? And she's like, oh my God, I totally feel like me and I could do anything and blah, blah, blah. And she just went off. And it was so lovely to watch her energy shift through that conversation. But for you right now, if you're sitting in fear, first first and foremost, we're going to do a box breath. Okay, so this is simple stuff, but it'll change your nervous system right away. And it will help you in any stressful situation. Just start with breathing. And lots of people say just breathe. We don't understand what that is. We've never been taught to do proper breath work. And it changes so many things in your body so quickly. So a box breath goes like this. I'm going to breathe in, I'm going to do a diaphragm breath which means my ribcage expands, my stomach goes out, I'm taking the deepest breath I can. My, my body is aligned, I'm not slumped over, because we do a lot of shallow breathing in every position. Box breath requires us to kind of sit more upright. Um, but your ribcage expands, your stomach comes out, you take this breath through your nose, not your mouth. And you're going to take it nice and slow. You can go four, five, or six seconds, but you're gonna take it nice and slow in, hold for the same amount of time, push out for the same amount of time, and then hold for the same. So if you're doing four seconds, it goes four, 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 five, 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 six, 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 whatever that may be for you, but you're gonna take a nice deep breath, nice and slow. And you wanna kinda take this in the back of your throat, I, I typically teach this with ujjayi breath, and any of you who have done yoga know what ujjayi breathing is. You're taking it out of the back of your throat. So when you breathe through your nose and you take this breath, you can feel it's almost like a constriction of the throat. You can hear it. So the breath goes like this. I don't know if you guys can hear that, but I hope you can. (laughs) I guess it sounds extremely loud in my ears. But the breath is nice and deep, feels like you're taking in this really big breath, but nice and slow. You're filling your lungs completely full. The more we can see this, feel this, imagine this, sense this, the more we embody it too. The more we embody things, the more we live them. So embodiment's really important. The more we can connect with our bodies and minds, connect the two of them, the better off we're going to be in all things we do in life. Embodiment is absolutely powerful. Recognize that your body's always telling you things. It always reminds me, always reminds me of uh, the time I ended up in the hospital because I couldn't breathe. So I had a really bad reaction to a medication, and it, I it was causing shortness of breath or what felt like shortness of breath. I probably was breathing just fine, but my th- mind didn't think I was. And for about two weeks on this medication, I was having problems breathing. So I end up in the hospital, and it just is getting worse and worse and worse. And then of course I end up in the back, and what happens? I have a panic attack. I didn't know what it was. I'd never had one. I haven't had one since, but I had it because I couldn't breathe. And what happens in a panic attack? You hyperventilate. You can't breathe. So you spiral into some of the most incredible thought patterns of craziness, like you think you're dying. And I remember the doctor walking in and saying, you just need to breathe. And then she walked out. And I thought to myself at the time, thanks, doctor. Um, I'm having problems breathing and you're giving me nothing to work with here. It's because we're not taught how to breathe properly. We shallow breathe all the time. Your average standard breath is shallow because we're not taught to take deeper breaths. We're not taught to use our diaphragms with breath. We typically breathe more shallow, which puts us into a different nervous system automatically. And when we're in the sympathetic nervous system, we're in stress, and our minds automatically work from that space. So you can see how this limits us. We're not creating when we're in that breath. So in times like this, when there is mass, fear, anxiety, just rolling around every day, because we are inundated with information that is really scary. Pandemics are no joke. And this one is no joke. So breathing is important. Recognizing what's happening in your body is really important too. I just talked about embodiment. The more we recognize and acknowledge our body, stop trying to squash down fears and thoughts. Recognize what's happening underneath Our thoughts are telling us things. Our fears are telling us things. They're surfacing. They're allowing us to grow and change and alter and thrive because that's why we're here. We're here to expand. We go through bouts of expansion and contraction, but your contraction can have us sitting in fear where we're not thriving. We're only surviving. Breathwork will take you out of that. Embodiment recognize what's happening in your body? How's the energy affecting you? So if I sit just for a moment, just for a moment, and I feel my body, I just recognize I'm breathing, taking nice deep breaths, even if I'm not box breathing, okay, so I'm just taking nice deep diaphragm breath in and out and in and out. And they're like probably six seconds each, right? Like deep breath in deep breath out. And that's what I'm doing. And I'm not really counting, but I'm just recognizing that I'm I'm really in my body. I start to feel where things are not sitting right. Each of you will discover this, the more you the more you practice this, the better you get at this. But each of you will discover that you have places that you tend to hold things. So I had a car accident sits between my shoulder blades, because I damaged nerves in my back right now that's the story that I've now carried with me for a very, very long time, because your body changes every single year. None of your cells are the same. So where is that information being stored? That muscle's not the same. Those cells aren't the same. And I think of it very much from the energetic space it's stored in your energetic coding. And that's just replicating through the coding. It's just being told to do it again. And then my thoughts just continue to go back to that story. And yep, oh, yeah, right car accident. So therefore it is until we create a new story around it. So recognize what's happening in your body. So you guys all know that I had that kidney infection back in December. And a few years, actually, this would have been a long time ago now, eight years ago, I had my appendix out. And are you starting to see a, an area here? <laughs> and I had a gall gallstone, yeah, all right hand side, all of it. That seems to be the place that I store the most when I'm most fearful. When I'm most fearful, I am storing in the right hand side and fear is really related to our lower three chakras. There are survival chakras, right? So if you look at energy centers in our body, we have multiple, but big ones are our first three. Those are survival. That's our body in its standard functioning. And then we move beyond just the way the body is working. So if those are out of whack, other things are out of whack too. That energy is not flowing. And then we have symptoms. So my kidney infection was a symptom. Gallstone was a symptom. Appendix was a symptom. I didn't recognize any of that at the time. I do now. Get familiar with what's happening in your body. Breathe through that. Send energy through that. Pull energy through that. There's lots of cool energy work that can be done. I've learned a lot about how to move energy through the body. And we all have this available to us. You can all feel, see, sense energy at any given time, when you are open to it. You walk in a room, you feel the energy of the room. It feels awesome. All of a sudden you're happy. Like, why is that? Why are you happy? Why are you happy when you walk in a room? It just has a good vibe, right? It has a good feeling. Of course it does. It's the energy of the room. It's a collective energy. And right now we have a very negative collective energy with this pandemic. So you got this negative energy that's hitting yours. Breath work. Doing inner work. Guys, I've talked to you a million times about meditation because it's uber important to be able to pull yourself out of the very loud external world to recognize what's going on within your internal world. Our external world is a representation of what's happening within us. I believe something, therefore I seek it. And it works like this. Okay. When you are born, from the time you're born to the time you're seven, we're in programming mode. So everything we experience is that. Then our brains have something to go with. This is now our program. And now the brain looks for patterns to prove the belief, the program. We're always seeking out the proof. I now have these programs in place. And I've talked to you guys before I think I've talked to you guys before about this, Um, but it's some of the stuff I teach in my programs. And I teach it in every program because mindset is uber important. And the more we understand how the mind is working, the more we understand how we can actually attain all the things we ever wanted because we know how to work with our brains instead of allowing it to just run rampant. So after our programming is done, we seek out patterns to prove the program is correct doesn't mean that your programming was right (laughs) or it's going to help you. It's just your programming. So if my parents always fought about money, I believe that money is something difficult. I believe that there's always going to be arguments around money. I believe that times are tough, that there's so much that is difficult, that there's always going to be fighting or there's something so negative attached to money because that's my program. And it's been proven over and over and over again. And now that's what I seek. My brain will seek to prove it. So I will put myself in scenarios. I will say certain things to create the momentum of that proof. It's fascinating. So in this pandemic, when you are at home, think about that. The patterns that you're playing out with your kids, your spouse, the things that are surfacing the proof that's showing up and how do you stop some of that how do you stop some of that how do you recognize what's really going down and then be able to move past it and actually have your relationships because these are strained situations and a lot of times because we're stuck together and when you're not used to being around each other all the time at first it might feel amazing after a while it's going to start to feel constraining know what to do. I've set up a group. Actually, I haven't really announced this. I'm about to announce this through my newsletter next week. Um, But I'm setting up a group and it is literally all on how to navigate and really thrive and come out ahead when we get back out of this, because the majority of us are going to be fine. The majority of us will move through this pandemic And it will be an incredible piece of our history. It won't be our biggest story. For some, it will be their biggest story and their end. And for all of those that have perished and that have suffered through this, my heart is with you. But for most of us, we're going to come out of this hopefully wiser, hopefully more prepared. Right? And how are you doing that? What are you doing to make sure that you are prepared? What are you doing to make sure that you are thriving, that you're in the right system, the right nervous system, the right thought patterns? What are you doing to protect your mind so it doesn't run into these spirals that aren't helping? I like to call it puppyhood, you know, running around, peeing on things, biting people, doing whatever the hell we want, not recognizing that we can control this a hell of a lot more and we can really have the life we want. We can really have the business that's thriving. How do we pivot? That's another thing. I've had I've had some very interesting conversations with a few clients that are struggling right now, not knowing how to pivot their business. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to change and evolve this quickly in this environment to survive it, let alone thrive in it. If that's you, please contact me because there is absolutely ways to thrive in any, any position. Okay, so one of the biggest innovations I've seen at this point is this. So I'm reading this article the other day about a scuba mask company that has altered their masks and turned them into ventilators. Because we have a massive shortage around the world, right? No one expected this many people would need them. Here in Canada. Sorry, I don't know what the rest of the numbers are around the world. But here, we have 6,000 ventilators. That is very, that's very limited for a populace of 36 million people. So we have 6,000 ventilators. 4,500 were already in use before the pandemic hit. That means there's 1,500 ventilators across the country for use in this pandemic. So this is another reason why squash curve, squash curve, stay isolated, wash your hands um, to social distance. We don't want this to be everybody just go out and get it because we will literally destroy any chances of a medical system actually helping. And we will perpetuate a hell of a lot more people perishing in this. So again, be smart. But this company came out with adapted snorkel masks. And I thought this is brilliant. Talk about being able to pivot your company, which was something that was used in the entertainment travel industry and moved completely outside of their realm of knowledge and expectation for the company and did something really genuinely helpful. I think this is a beautiful way to profit in times like this. Unlike some amazing people that are selling toilet paper and Lysol on platforms for 10 times the amount that you would normally buy it. it. doesn't align with me because I think that's a win-loss. I think that's hurting someone in a time of need, whereas innovation is different. That is helping someone in a time of need. In this case, providing something that genuinely can save lives and carries value. That's my own. That's my own belief system, and maybe you have a different one, but that's mine. So what are we doing to really make sure that we thrive when we're in this confined space? And I like to call it family under the microscope because it is spending this amount of time with my children who are loud, crazy boys. I love them. I love them. I love their energy. But 24-7 with them all the time, them getting frustrated being inside, me getting frustrated being inside. What do we do? How do we manage that? What are some of the conversations that need to happen to make sure that we thrive in this and the relationship continues to move forward in a positive way instead of a destructive way? Because it's really easy for us to get upset. It's not as easy always to be able to really do stuff that's going to help ourselves in these situations. So having tools really, really helps and having a community that's in the same boat with you, Looking at ways that you can help each other instead of complaining, keeping you in that lower vibration, but ones that really raise you up is going to help you a lot too. That old adage of you are the sum of the people that you surround yourself with really comes into play here. So the people we're surrounding ourselves with right now are our family or our closest friends or whatever the case may be for you. How are you communicating with each other? What loving boundaries have you put in place with each other? What conversations are you having? All these things matter. And same thing when it comes to clients. Same thing when it comes to how we are helping our communities and what we're providing in that respect when it comes to support. I can't help but think about the people that are coming back into the country from somewhere else and they're in basically quarantine for two weeks. Doesn't matter where you are. It's pretty well all over the world. So if I'm a couple, let's come back into the country. I really shouldn't be going to the grocery store. Hell no, I should not be exposing anyone to me, potentially sick me. I shouldn't be exposing anybody to this. So how do I get food? How do I make sure that um, I'm doing my part? Who who could you help? your neighbor, your family, Someone you know that's just come back in and do the shop for them and leave it on their porch. These are ways we can really help within our community and do something that matters. Just a simple, simple act of kindness, right? And that's how we're going to wrap up this week. If you have not signed up for my newsletter, come to fearitgoes.com and sign up for my newsletter I discuss things quite differently in the newsletter that goes out to my tribe there. And usually, these conversations are not tied. They are not the same content. Um, And sometimes I'll send out videos through them too. So last week's was a video. Sign up for the newsletter. Come sign up for the community. Come be a part of the tribe that is going to work through All of these experiences we're having at home with our families and our kids and our spouses and how to strengthen those relationships instead of watch them deteriorate or completely crumble. Because I respect and value the integrity of this community, it's going to be a private community. This tribe is going to be buffered from all the craziness that's out here in the world and really set on a path to help them excel and have a successful outcome. And help you keep your sanity, not want to kill your kids or spouse, and help you thrive. Come join the community. You'll find that on the front page of FearItGoes.com. You'll find the newsletter on the front page of FearItGoes.com as well. So, beautiful peeps, it is a beautiful blue sky day, and I am going outside for a walk, very socially distanced from everybody else, but I'm going outside for a walk. I need some fresh air and I hope you guys do too. We will talk also at some point about things you can do to help strengthen your immune system well in isolation and to make sure that you are better prepared well out and about. Till next week, my beautiful peeps, have an absolutely extraordinary time hanging out in your house. (laughs) Take care.